Satnam, welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm Tiaga Prem Singh. This week's talk is called Dharma is Doing Whatever You Want. Let's see if you can figure that one out uh, through sitting through the lecture, because whatever you want is a very tricky statement. This week we talk about the difference and connection between concentration and meditation. We talk about dealing with duality on planet Earth. Talk about facing your challenges rather than hiding from them or pretending they're not there. Talk about being a dharmic warrior of the nervous system. We talk about the strength that comes not from lifting weights and doing asanas, but the true strength that comes from breath and sound and devotion. Now share this beautiful teaching from our teacher Guru Nanak, the first guru of the Sikhs, who shares this uh, quote that's so meaningful for me. I think I may get this one tattooed on my body because yeah, I could really use the reminder. And the, the saying is, wherever the creator keeps me, there is heaven. I love that teaching. Uh, living Dharma is doing whatever you want. You know, what does that mean? As I mentioned in the beginning of this intro, that's a tricky statement, doing whatever you want. What is that? Uh, we talk about the threefold path to living in oneness. We talk about learning to trust the real you and how true prosperity is trustworthiness. We talk about breaking the cycle of blame and sympathy and how the wisdom of the heart seeks to heal rather than blame or seek sympathy. We talk about how our, our culture, our society uh, is constantly telling us that something outside of us is going to make us happy and we can learn that external validation is pushing us to not trust ourselves which is a form of mind control and we're going to move beyond that by connecting to the heart by learning to trust ourselves by learning to reprogram and to move back into that uh, mental state of self-sovereignty that uh, heart state of love of courage of faith of trust of hope um and lastly, we talk about can you experience your you, your, your true self, your dharma, even when you're in pain, when you're in the thick of difficulty. And then the flip side of that is can we learn to be in a prayerful state even when we're not in pain, when things are all right, or, or being in a prayerful state when things are great, saying thank you rather than taking it for granted. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you love the podcast, please rate us, review us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is. Uh, and the big one is just share with your friends. Talk about the podcast. Uh, share with yoga teachers, meditation teachers, your parents, people in recovery, anybody who uh, is interested in learning about the work that we do. Please go out there and spread the word about Revealing the Diamond. Uh, you can catch me in person. Um, I'll be at the Okanagan Yoga Festival in October. I'll be teaching with Butchencore live. She's performing in, in a class with me October 5th at Dharma Temple and then doing a concert that night. Um, we've got lots of great events coming up at Dharma Temple, including Jai Dave Singh at the end of the month. So if you're not signed up for that, uh, it may be sold out. But if you're hearing the podcast and you're in Vancouver area and you want to come hang with uh, a very dear friend and teacher, Jai Dave Singh, he'll be there. Uh, at the end of October. Also, Simrit, his wife, is doing a concert in Vancouver and probably coming to a city near you. If you're not listening to Simrit, please start listening to Simrit. Her music is such a great inspiration in our lives. Um, yeah, you can follow me, Tiago Prem, on uh, Instagram. You can uh, check out the Dharma Temple on Instagram. And as I've mentioned in the past, Kelby and I are working on getting the YouTube thing happening. We're just finding our, a rhythm with that. So thank you for your patience. There are YouTube videos coming soon. Once we get into a, a rhythm, then we'll be... Our goal is to get to weekly videos coming out. So uh, 
please uh, stay tuned for that and thank you for your patience. And I think that's it for now. So without further ado, here it is. Dharma is doing whatever you want right here on Revealing the Diamond. Satnam. Have you heard these words? Dharna and Dhyana. They're the sixth and seventh steps to freedom in yoga. And Dharna is something you can do. What one would it be? Concentration. Everything that we do in this practice is orchestrated or designed to be a form of dharana. Use a dense, like physical body, and the breath, a little more subtle, sound, a little more subtle, to uh, create a container or an environment where meditation could arise. That's the dhyana part. Dhyan, you hear the sound, dhyan is the same in Japanese as Zen. It's the same word, essentially, or Chan in Chinese, it's the same. And it, it, you can't do it, you know, like to go talk to a Zen master and be like, how do you do Zen? And you'll get all sorts of great answers. You know, I would recommend that you do that, <laughs> you know. But it arises, it's like a, think about this, you put uh, water in the teapot and then you put the teapot on the stove. That's a concentrated action, isn't it? And then you get all the environment set with concentration. And then what will arise from the spout of the teapot? Steam. The only problem with this analogy is that it's not guaranteed in the meditation. Do you understand though? It's like there's all these more dense things that create an experience that arises. It's like a fog, you know, like, have you ever seen Main Street on a foggy day? Or like anywhere, but I live here, so that's where <laughs> I see it. And, and like you look out and there's just like a fog on everything, and, and then all of a sudden it's, it's gone. That's what it's like. That's the meditation part. Does that make sense? And so we do all this concentrated effort to create a container for meditation to arise. And the reason we would want meditation to arise is because you stop playing all of the games where primarily you, you don't trust yourself. You know, when you are in a state of meditation, you fully are in a state of trust. There's no worries. There's nowhere to get. You know, there was while you're doing the concentration, but when you're... And generally, you know, the story goes something like this. Oh, wow, I'm in this state of... And that's the end of it. Because <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> you know. It's happening. It's over. Uh, one of my primary teachers is a sage named Gurnanak. He lived over 500 years ago. I mean, he's still alive now, but just not in the body. Uh, and, and this is one of the things he said. He said, in this world, when you ask for happiness, pain steps forward. That's a heavy statement, but it's true. Not every time and happiness is not there. Don't, you know, don't be so dramatic. But pain and happiness go together. So what do we do with this? Well, that's what the concentration exercises are for. It's to create a healthy relationship with duality. 
Because pain and happiness are both going to happen. The Buddha said it really well when he said, if you sit with any emotion long enough, it will turn to joy. What's the key? You have to sit with it. You know, and that's tough. And that's what the concentration exercises are for. You'd be experiencing something that, you know, nobody would choose to hold their arms up in the air like this for 62 minutes. No person would choose that unless they're nuts, you know. You're like, oh, I'm, what are you saying about me, you know? But, or 31 or 11 or whatever it is. But the idea is, if you could put yourself in some kind of challenging situation and then know that your body is a force of nature, it's strong enough as a container to maintain it, and then connect to the breath and relax your brain like in deep sleep, unless you were actually in danger, like my arm may actually fall off, which is generally not the case. But if you have an injury, I'm not saying exasperate the injury and just pretend you don't have an injury. That's a different thing. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, make peace with it. We're here. I came to the class. My arms are up. It's a royal pain in the ass. What are you going to do about it? Well, I'm not going to run away from it because I know if I run away from it, it will double in size. Have you experienced that in your life? I have. You try to avoid a problem, it gets worse, not better, right? You know, so, so you're not going to run away from it. And you're also not going to try and crush it like it's CrossFit because the muscular action isn't what's going to carry you through. You know, I know a guy who's like a tiny little guy, you know, and he teaches Kundalini Yoga in prisons for the past 35 years. And he'll go in, little guy, turban, looks like a character from uh, Looney Tunes or something. Like really small, big turban, long beard, tiny body. And he goes in and there's all these inmates that are like huge, like, you know, uh, action figure, big guy. And he says, I bet you not a single one of you could hold your arms out like this for five minutes. That's how he gets them. That's the hook. And then all the like macho like, oh yeah, come on, bring it on. And none of them can do it. Why? And then he does it. Why? Their nervous system is completely compromised and fried. Most of them have got there from compromised nervous system and trauma and pain. And you know, you go and talk to all these guys, most of them experience some kind of, you know, sexual trauma or Nobody's just like, oh, I just had a nice life. It took one wrong turn, and here I am. That's just not the way it works. And it has a serious effect on the nervous system. And somebody who's been constantly creating a relationship with trust with themselves, they know they're going to be fine. They know what to lean on, breath, sound, devotion. And then that starts to show up in your everyday life. Make sense? So that's what we're working on. And uh, Nanak goes on to say this, he says, wherever the protector of all keeps me, there is heaven. Satnam, I'm here, you're here, we are one. And some people hear those sayings like, wherever you know, the creator keeps me, there is heaven, so I can just do whatever I want. Well, that is true to a certain extent. The challenge, though, is if you start with that idea before you have any idea of what you actually want, you create all kinds of pain and suffering. Do you understand? 
like my uh, Zen teacher, he said, when I was a young monk, my teacher would say, Zen is doing whatever you want. And I would think to myself, he said, this is such bullshit, man. Like, I tried that when I was 20. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole thing, and it doesn't work. Then he said, after 20 years of practice, I understood what he said. I didn't want that. I didn't know what I want. But through creating a healthy relationship with duality, it becomes very clear what you want. You know, and that's also what you're doing when you're doing this practice. You're listening through all the duality. And I guarantee you that if you keep up and do the practices, it will be revealed to you. And the more it's revealed to you, the more you realize where you are is heaven. Even the shitty stuff. That's tough, isn't it? What do you really want? And it arises out of concentration. It arises out of practice. It arises out of sadhana. It doesn't have to be this practice. It could be something else. But you happen to be at Kundalini Yoga today, so you might as well do this. <laughs> you know? And it arises out of a three-part support system. And this is what the, the masters of the past, the ten masters, wrote about this. And it's written in other traditions. But you have to follow these three steps. And the steps are, step number one, trust the universe. Why do you assume that your neurotic thinking mind knows what's best for you? There's something beyond that that knows. It's like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, he has this beautiful poem where he says, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know the exact words off by heart, but he says something to the effect of, I know what it's like to feel angry, and I know what it's like to experience pleasure. And, you know, I spend most of my time crying tears of pain or tears of joy. And I also know that there's something beyond that. And there's got to be some way to touch it, you know. And, and he said, supposing, you know, it isn't true that there isn't something there. Well, how do I know that there is? It's a beautiful writing. There's something beyond the surface of what you perceive to be real, and you catch glimpses of it. And you learn to trust that. And believe me, it's so subtle, you can't trust it just by thinking positive. I don't think that works. It's a great support system. It's a part of concentration. You know? I mean, try it. Just like, instead of just listening to me and go, yeah, it could be true, I don't know. Just walk around tomorrow and the whole day repeat this. I trust you, 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 I trust you. Just notice what kind of day you have. Simple. You don't have to pick something to believe in. <laughs> you know, which God will I pick? Give me a break. You know, that's limited thinking. The other part is, let go of your clinging to some sense of I. That's a tough one. You know. That one I don't have an easy exercise for yet, but I'm, I'm still a work in progress. You know. Maybe try, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. 
And the way that you do it, I guess the way you do it, is you vibrate uh, some sound, satanam, the sound that is in everything. Because they're, in uh, spiritual traditions across the board, they've been very clear that, you know, there, there is no other, doesn't exist. Now we keep creating this different, like, different versions of there's some other. There is no other. How can there be an other? It doesn't mean that you just let whatever happens, happens, and people take advantage of you and all of that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking on the deeper, subtle level. You know? It's like, uh, think about it like this. Somebody that you know has done something that is hurtful to you. Anyone experience that? <laughs> Somebody's done something hurtful to you. And if you don't have any kind of meditative practice, some ability to recognize that the other person is you, you go usually two routes. There are other options, but you usually go two routes in relationship to that. The, one of the first ones is blame. You blame the person for what they've done to you. And if you blame and blame and blame, what does it become more of? It's not a trick question. Blame. <laughs> and then the other one is, this person did something to me. So you look for somebody who's going to feel bad for you. Sympathy. You know. But if you have some connection to that other person as you, Instead of getting caught up in that, maybe you're after, you know, you kind of, nobody's perfect, so you feel that, you feel it and you really feel it, it's not block it out. You feel it and you really feel it. And then you let your thinking mind go into the wisdom of the heart. And the wisdom of the heart says, is this person okay? You know, that's hard work. And in order to do that, you have to dissolve the sense of I. It's like, there's something wrong with you. If there's something wrong with them, then there's something wrong with you. You're not going to address it by blaming, you know. If it wasn't for my big toe, then I'd be happy, you know, some kind of ridiculous uh, way of looking at it. Okay? And so, we live in a society that, do you think that generally what is being portrayed in society is an attitude of trust yourself or don't trust yourself? How does it show up? Yeah, if you had this, then you'd be happy. If you were younger, then you'd be happy. If you had this much money, then you'd be happy. If you had blah, 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 then you'd be happy. If you had... And I, I honestly think, this has been the big uh, theme over the last week or so, is I honestly think to live a truly prosperous life is to fully trust yourself. You know? Even this idea that we've been sold some idea that you're like born with a fault. You know, like you, you've fallen from the Garden of Eden, or, or you can get kicked out of the golden chain of teachers if you, like, you know, don't get up for sadhana, or, you know, it's nonsense. I like the idea that how can you get kicked out of the garden when you are the garden? 
you know, there's nowhere to get. And so you do all the concentration stuff. Like, let's say I said to you, like, do you know who you are? You are God. You are the infinite, infinitely beautiful. You are incredible, amazing. And you all said, yep, I get it. And you walked out of here and you just were in that state perpetually all the time. Then you would have no need for concentration techniques. It would be a waste of energy. But do you have that experience? Do you have a support system, internal support system that is constantly telling you that? Or are you working on reprogramming? You know. Right? Aren't you working on reprogramming? I'm working on reprogramming all the time. That's why I get up at the ridiculous hour that I do in the morning. This is the last thing that I'll say and then we'll practice. The uh, monk, Thomas Merton, this is one of the uh, key teachers who put my feet on the path when I was a teenager. This is what he said. Life is this simple. We are living in a world that is absolutely transparent and the divine is shining through it all the time. This is not just a nice story or fable, it's true. And there's some part of you that goes, it is. And then there's some part of you that goes, prove it. And the part of you that goes, prove it, needs the concentration exercises. And the part of you that knows is always there. And that's what Nanak is saying when he says, everywhere I go is heaven. It's knowing that that part, that knowing, doesn't go away just because you're thinking negative thoughts, you're down on yourself, you're caught up in your trauma, you're caught up with your addiction, you're caught up with your whatever your neuroses is that's come from your programming in a society that says, you know, you don't deserve to be successful. You need more. Don't trust yourself. But that part of you that knows is always there. When you understand that, how could there be anything other than heaven? That's a tough one though, right? You see what I mean? That do whatever you want part is supported by a container. Unless you had perfect parents and grew up in a perfect society and somehow you, you know, just appeared in this room without any scuffs. But, you know, healing comes from the sacredness of life that is in you and is you. But the challenge is, can you see it when you're in pain? And the other part of it is, can you pray even when you're not in pain? You know, oh dear God, if you just help me get through this hangover, I'll never drink again. <laughs> you know? Like just the simple thing of like, I get to drink clean water. You know, I get to be the parent to this angel child in my life. I get to come here every night and share these teachings 
on a planet that has a lot of pain and suffering. Thank you. That's heaven. And even though on a daily basis I ask for happiness, I always get pain. Still heaven. Come on to your hands and knees. Well, there you have it, folks. Dharma is doing whatever you want. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email tiagaprem at thedharmatemple.com or hit me up on Instagram at tiagaprem. Uh, if you have any ideas for topics on the show or if you're interested in doing one-on-one -on -one work, I'm really passionate about supporting people as they move through their challenges and their uh, solutions in this life. So if you want to get in touch uh, to do some one-on-one -on -one time, I would be more than happy uh, to get that set up for you. Just email me or get me on the Instagram. Uh, share the podcast with your friends if you love the work that we do. And I'll be seeing you real soon. Love you. Satnam.